Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the White Rabbit Community Guides podcast. This is brought to you in an effort to help you discover the best parts of community and engage, participate, and share with the people that matter. If you want to connect and engage with our business community, check out our site at www.wr.community. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here in Lafayette Village again, interviewing some local community guides. And we're in Trellis Beauty, which is run by Tracy Trellis. Tracy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, thanks for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and and how Trellis got started? Sure, so um, I've been in the beauty industry for 18 plus years. Um, So by trade, I'm a makeup artist and skin therapist, so I've traveled the country doing makeup with other celebrity makeup artists for global brands, skincare makeup brands. And it's always been a dream to have my own store at some point, but if you would have, you know, asked me five years ago, would have been a cleaner beauty store, because that's what makes us really unique. Um, I would have probably laughed at you and just been like, what are you talking about, clean beauty? Right, cleaner. Cleaner, clean, (laughs) safer. Um, so it was about around that time about uh, I found out that the laws of the beauty industry haven't been regulated or updated in regulation since 1938. Wow, is that still true? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So um, although we've made you know huge strides in the last five years mm-hmm. with Congress and changing and updating certain laws state by state, but as a country. We really haven't moved too much forward with regulation. So at this point, um, there's still thousands of different chemicals and ingredients that are placed in products that we use daily on ourselves and our family that haven't been tested for human safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we we do the hard work for our consumers or for our clients and guests, really. Um, so that's kind of what catapulted me into learning more about the cleaner beauty space. Mm-hmm. Um, and now more than ever, it has been more of a trend. So you go to big box retailers and it's being talked about more about ingredient safety and what does it look like to um, you know take certain ingredients out and replace them with more naturally derived ingredients mm-hmm. you know, as far as high performance and efficacy, is that still there? And so it kind of is like a rabbit hole really for a consumer, <laughs> I believe. I mean, even as a professional, like I get caught up like, wow, this is so overwhelming. Yeah. I can only imagine already having to choose between 500 different face cleansers to use, what, like what's best for me, and then on top of that, to like really understand what the ingredients are, you know, stand for. And so we kind of do the hard work for you. So kind of our slogan is, you know, we weed out the bad stuff so you can have fun shopping for the good stuff. Right. And so at that time, I was still traveling the country, and it was kind of my mission to you know, go into the, these different larger cities, shopping cities, you know, Chicago, LA, Atlanta, New York, and find spaces that are very similar to the Trellis business model, cleaner beauty shops. Um, they existed, but only in those larger cities. Right. And so I kind of started doing my research there and realized that we needed just a better shopping experience here in the capital city of North Carolina. I'm not originally from here, but I love living here and I love the city. And I just think that, you know, at that time we needed something different. So I just started doing more research um, and understanding more about it. And back in 2017, 
yeah. summer of 2017, I woke up one day literally and just said, today's the day I'm going to write my business plan. And awesome. that's what I did. And I love it. here we are, started online and with seven brands and, you know, um, now in a brick and mortar location that has expanded twice the size and now planning store number two. So oh, that's awesome. I know that was a long story, but well, I love how you use the, the metaphor going down the rabbit hole because yeah. white rabbit as actually from Alice in Wonderland, that's kind of the, the motif that we went with. And it's the idea that we help guide businesses towards experiencing community and engaging with them. Going down that rabbit hole can be intimidating and I know you know this because you started your business in 2017 and you drew up the plans and you had this idea of what it would be, but it's always a journey and it's, everything's changing. So I want to know, like, what's it been like finding your community in Lafayette? Um, stellar. A lot of fun, yeah. really. Um, How'd you get here? Like, what was the deciding factor? You know, honestly, um, you know, when looking for real estate, right, mm -hmm. I really didn't know much what square footage meant, what tie cam meant, what taxes, and, you know, I just knew I wanted to be in a space, like, yeah. um, and <laughs> so when, when traveling, at that time, I worked a corporate job that took me all over the eastern part of North Carolina in salon and spas, so I had the opportunity to work and, and really um, be, you know, being able to ask questions to other business owners, like, so what? what is this square footage? Kind of like understanding size, right? Starting there. And then, you know, understanding where, um, I think the demographic, obviously that's very important, but mm -hmm. understanding that that, you know, really needed to, to take place in, in finding the right location. And honestly, I was in this area doing some um, kind of uh, work. Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, like gig work? I guess like kind of outsourcing in a sense of like for my, my corporate job really just you know trying to find new clients I, mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm like blanking on this <laughs> it's like I'm out of corporate for three years and I don't even know how to say it happens it's good um, but <laughs> no, I'm finding new clients so I was out here cold calling is what I'm trying to say I was there out here cold calling and there used to be a spa here in Lafayette Village but it had at that time had moved but it got me here and I was mm. like, wow, this is a really cool space. And yeah. believe it or not, right in next door, which now is part of Trellis Beauty Space, was a clothing shop at the time. And I remember going in there and just asking, like, hey, you know, what's what's it like here? And it was a really beautiful community. And already just, like, the aesthetic of it really right. was a please, uh, um, pleasing. Mm -hmm. So when I left that store and I walked out, I noticed that the store right next door, which is now the store we're sitting in now, was available. And I peeked in and I said, well, this might, you know, be an option. And so that's kind of, you know, how it all started in this area. And then I have some relatives that are um, into learning more about the demographic and really pulling analytics and understanding the community that way. And so um, when she pulled those numbers, she was very, you know, like surprised, like, wow, within a three mile radius, you know, this is. This is a great location, so you might want to just kind of think about it then, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it land we landed in Lafayette. And have you done like any promotional stuff in Lafayette, like with the businesses around here? Yeah, we try to partner as much as we can with each other. I think it's, you know, as, as far as a sense of community, we do, you know, we're on text threads together. We really try yeah. to understand what each other, you know, um, 
needs you know from each other and yeah i think I what that. i love about really lafayette village is that as a community and as a business themselves they really try their best and they really do a really i think a great job um with pulling in events themselves that mm-hmm. really help maximize our foot traffic because it's not high highly you know high foot traffic area and i mm-hmm. do that from Honestly, sitting outside of this empty space, you did your every research single day almost um, when I was in the area, all hours of the day, just like really understanding the foot traffic. Nice. Um, yeah. So what, so what is um, what's that like in terms of your business? Is a lot of like appointments being made online when people come in here? Is it like a lot of walk-ins? And is it like a busy like busy on the weekends, kind of steady throughout the day, busy seasons? Maybe like winter it dies down and summer it picks back up. Yeah, I think. Beauty space in general, um, we're always busy. I mean, because we all, we ever, you know, everybody needs their beauty. You know, no matter what your gender is, it's always you've got to, you know, wash your hair and you know, it's personal care in general. But Mm -hmm. as far as um, you know, walk-in traffic, we really depend a lot on our uh, building a more of a presence on social media, and that's Mm -hmm. really what has helped us from day one. We did start really early with Instagram and Facebook, not necessarily with ads, because I went an entire first year with not paying for advertising. Mm-hmm. We were very fortunate enough to be in magazines, go viral on television, be oh, wow. part of the news. We have newscasters that awesome. shop to us, you know, shop with us till this day. So we really mm-hmm. got, you know, lucky in that sense or fortunate to be able to, our first year in business to really just kind of be able to Hit market through word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of use that money that we were saving that we would have spent on advertising and back into retail because we we have we started off as a retail shop, then added services. So now we don't really depend on one area because we're a multi-category business. So you know um, that really helps with the sustainability. You know, if COVID, you know, if COVID happens again, or you know, if something like COVID happens, God we forbid. Able, yeah, like we weren't expecting that, right? right. So, um, I hope that answers your questions. I know sometimes I can, you know, gear off, but like, but yeah, right now, good. I mean, weekends are obviously our busiest. Now we're really, you know, now being open, back open with services. Um, you know, that definitely fills our books for sure. And I've got, I will say, I'll give major credit. I, I don't do the services here. I do makeup, mm-hmm. but I have, I have the best team of estheticians and skin therapists in the city of Raleigh. And I will go on record by saying <laughs> that. I mean, they have awards of best mm. esthetician and estheticians in the area. So, you know, I give them all credit with, you know, building their books, stacking their books, giving great customer service, having great services. Um, so I don't take, I I take some credit, but not all the credit when it comes to the service. Do they do their own separate marketing, like advertising on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that? Yeah, we team up together. They're obviously part of the Trellis team. Um, we work together as a team. It really is that way, but each of them have their own social media Mm. handle where they build their own brand within the Trellis brand and we keep it cohesive. I think it's important as we build a brand to be able to showcase others mm-hmm. but but you know together so your service providers are they like free agents that come in and like have access to your space or are they actually under the umbrella of trellis they're under the umbrella of trellis they're all on employees of trellis again building a brand mm-hmm. um all together mm-hmm. um we 
at this time don't have a business model for contractors or rental space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's lots of places like that in Raleigh that do a great job. Um, we're just we're we're building more of a retail space with services. Mm -hmm. um, so our employees. How many employees do you have, and how's that changed? Yeah, currently we have seven total employees. Mm -hmm. um, that's changed for me, which is with me three years ago. Um, no, I've had, you know, I have, I've been fortunate again with finding really great employees that are, mm. um, our lead esthetician and director of skincare, Jade, she's been with us for over two years now. Um, and again, only being in business for three years, we're building a team that really wants to stay together as we grow. Um, because as an owner, I want us all to grow and you know it this is not a one-stop shop we're not stopping here you know we're opening store number two and we already have three on the calendar and then from there wow. it's we're not stopping so. yeah and you and just speaking of growth you said that you'd started just like with products and then you moved over towards services so like what percentage of your business is in each is it like 50 50 80 20. that's a great question our goal is to be 50 50. we're currently right now we're about a 70 30 sometimes it fluctuates uh with retail being our driving factor of our business which will always be a main focus for us mm -hmm. because retail is my heart i love it especially in the beauty world because you know we feel empowered when we get educated on the why of why we're cleaning our face why we're taking care of our skin um so when you know when you're cleaning your face at night, we want that that guest to to really think of us. <laughs> I don't know, maybe my grandmother called that vain, but um, you know, I want people thinking of us all the time. Like, oh, I love this cleanser. I love this product. I love that I learned this you know technique or tip or whatever it may be. Um, well, something no. like that can be life changing too. You know, if you get oh, the right is. product, and I'm sure you get into the chemistry and everything of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. You know, we consider ourselves skin therapists um, as well as makeup artists, artistry. It's funny because I—that's my background. Is I mean, I traveled the country doing makeup. Um, we have a huge focus on skincare, um, but we also offer you know makeup services as well. And we're really starting to dive into more of that category. But your skin is your largest organ, right? And I think that sometimes it's the one organ that we forget to take care of the most because we're so more concerned about our heart and our liver which you know we still want to be concerned about but if it wasn't for taking care of our skin you know those you know our skin is so absorbent absorbent and i don't think a lot of people realize that 65 percent of what you're putting on your skin is being absorbed into your bloodstream within you know seconds really um, and so over time that accumulates and so you may think oh, it's just a body moisturizer Oh, it's just a face wash But over time if you know you're you, you these products are kind of loaded with ingredients that have been linked Not have been caused by but linked back to human health issues like cancer You know would we if we had the choice to avoid that one ingredient would we Mm -hmm. And we're learning more and more that people are saying, yes, we want to avoid that just in case. Right. So what are right. the most prevalent ingredients that you guys kind of have a red flag on? So we think of the three P's is the easiest way. There is a, a, honestly a, a huge list of things. And right. you don't, 
sometimes get too much in detail in that because the reason why is because we still want the the experience here to be fun and I think that what makes trellis really stand out from a lot of our competitors when it comes to retailers is that in some cases it's all or nothing for other retailers for us it's progression not perfection that is our motto and our credo will stand yeah. by it um, but we always go back to the three P's we make it simple so parabens um, you see that a lot in a lot of personal care products. It's a preservative. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, back in the 80s when, you know, let's just say, you know, these brands, Estee Lauder, for example, was making a foundation and putting parabens in their products, you know, which almost all brands were, and still to this day, they still do, to preserve the product. Um, but were they thinking that in, you know, 2021, that in most cases, not all, and I don't want to, you know, give out wrong numbers, um, but there are, you know, parabens that are found in breast tissues when, when diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And now are those parabens coming from the food that we're eating or the preservatives, you know, that are, we're intaking, could they be coming from our, you know, skincare, you know, really there's no science behind that of like where that's coming from, but overall, it's hard to track, yeah. it's hard to track but overall now there's there's high performance, very effective products that we could be using that doesn't have to have parabens. Right. Um, propylene glycols, which are um, PEGs. If you look at a, you know, like an aftershave bomb, like, yeah. you know, or whatever, I'm trying to use your language <laughs> too, you know, not just lipstick, but like if you turn a product box around and you see PEG and then sometimes followed by a number or word, but it's really easy to, to actually see. Those, um, again, are preservatives, um, but propylene glycols or PEGs have been proven that there's cross-contamination in some manufacturers that could be cross-contaminated with 1,4-dioxine, which is actually a human-known carcinogen. Hmm. So with that said, if you're picking up a brand and you look at the product and you see that they're using PEGs or PEGs, propylene mm -hmm. glycols, we then want to ask ourselves, what is the credo of that brand? Is their mission to create safer or better cosmetics for you or products for you? If that's not really their credo, are they really overseeing their manufacturer to the point that there is no cross-contamination? Mm -hmm. Because there's always that supply chain that I think a lot of people right. too and don't understand. Right. That when, you know, when they're making products, some people are very over overseeing or uh, over yeah, meticulous. Their, yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then lastly is fragrance parfum or perfume. Essentially, it's mm. labeled fragrance parfum on the back of the the box. But believe it or not, that is a trade secret, and companies don't have to disclose what. Really, it has sometimes nothing to do with fragrance or scent or smell. It is huh. a trade secret where the manufacturer can say, you want your product to feel a certain way, to look a certain way. Um, we can use X, Y, and Z chemicals or ingredients. We can label it as fragrance and no one has to know what your secret sauce is. That's scary. Very scary. Yeah. Yeah. So in most cases, if fragrance is noted on the back of their box, like for example, one of our brands, One Love Organics, they have 
they have fragrance parfum in their products, but mm -hmm. it's noted at the bottom that all fragrance is naturally derived from the ingredients that they're using. Mm -hmm. So it smells good, but that's and you all feel natural. good about it, right? Exactly, yeah. you feel better about it. So, so yeah. what are the biggest? What is the greatest triumph you've had with Trellis Beauty then, with all this that you put together? What I mean, does uh, describe triumph for me, like what greatest success. success, greatest, yeah. I think honestly, really, all the smiling faces. I know that sounds so cliche and just kind of cheesy, but like. Honestly, the, yeah, the lives it. that we're changing with skin and the community that we have built mm. and understanding that this is just a new experience of retail that we're creating yeah. um, that just doesn't really exist anywhere yeah. else. So I think it's just that, the community that we've built. I honestly. see you guys have a pretty pretty big online following as well. I was yeah. checking that out. How many of the people do you know who, do you know any numbers on how many people online are becoming customers in your store or are buying products on your website? So that's a little tricky because see our website, um, so our so we started off as, a, as an online store, mm -hmm. but our website was really geared to pull people into the store. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like shopping right away when you went onto our website. Mm -hmm. It was about our story, what clean beauty meant. It was really to direct them into coming into store because it was such a great experience that we didn't really focus much on selling online until mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we had to pivot really quickly to switch that thought process with our online store. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of our in-store customers were then starting to buy online um but then that's when we started paying for advertisement to get them geared to shift them into um mm. online shopping so then that is where we learned about the analytics of you know where are people shopping from i mean we were sending packages to washington state huh. over covid and we we're like well how did mm. you find us right um, a lot of it could be through, you know, our brand ambassadors because we have that, but, you know, as far as, you know, understanding numbers, I am a numbers gal, but like, I don't necessarily have that separate team that really can kind of dive into, well, how many clients are going onto your, your, your website daily. And that is that generating sales or mm -hmm. is that bringing them into store? Mm -hmm. That is, you know, something that, you know, when we grow and we bring on partners, financial partners, that's what I'll say to them in the meeting is like, I need that part of your team because that's not my strong point. I know, mm -hmm. I really know what we're doing on a daily basis. I know, you know, how much profit we're making, where that profit's going, all right. those, like the basics. But when it comes to technology besides social media, um, you know, it's, it's a learning curve for me. You right. Know, I say for I everybody, do for all small businesses. Yeah, yeah I can do is. everything, but it takes a, someone that's really can zone in on that, but also that takes a salary to pay mm -hmm. them to do that. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, you know, their time is so valuable to really dive into those numbers and we're just not there yet. Well, I'm, I'm just, so I'm just going to nerd out just for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, my, my passion is economics. And so there's this theory called Kosian theory. He's a guy that kind of wrote stuff on transaction costs. So the cost of actually facilitating a transaction. And so there's an interesting curve and an interesting formula he wrote. And it's basically, it shows it's like, there's a point where it's really good for a company to uh, be doing certain work in-house 
Um, but eventually it gets large enough or it starts to grow fast enough or other variables get involved where um, it's a superior decision to just outsource it somewhere. Right. Which is obviously, you see that all the time in, in business. But I was just thinking yeah. of that because yeah. you were talking about, well, this is kind of up and coming and I'm going to have to deal with it soon. Yeah. And it's like, so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine kind of analysis to do whether yeah. uh, something needs to be in-house or, or out-house. But to, just to backtrack a little, um, so obviously with COVID, I'm sure that your services went down, your retail went up. Yes. Um, and kind of since that's, uh, since we're moving away from that now, it's kind of starting to dissipate, uh, at least in America. Have you seen like a lot of your retail being, um, like a lot of retention on, to the online shopping? People aren't really coming into the store physically still, or maybe they're coming back, just not in the numbers you expected. Um, and are your services kind of booming now because people are wanting to get out and about again? How's that all looking? Yeah, we, we're having the best business we've ever had in the last three, three, over three years. Um, even during COVID, even 2020. Mm -hmm. So we finished the year much better. Like my accountant at the end of the year was like, what? Like, <laughs> what happened? Like, cause I do a lot of my you know monthly expenses and everything, but she was blown away with the like the success that we had um, for 2020. And I will always say that the beauty industry is an industry that will never die. We have we will always you know overcome place, yeah. um, overcome any obstacle. But um, you know. Once we opened back services back in June, the services have just skyrocketed. Um, we also added new services. So over the last you know eight months, we've added a wax bar, um, which now we do full body you know waxing and brows and brow tinting. We've kind of added an additional you know stream of revenue in our services where we used to just do facials and beauty steaming, which is another very unique, innovative service that we we're the first in the country to do. Um, so when it comes to services, services, let's just say for numbers wise, we were, we were around 16% of our business of services, like starting 2020, end of 2019. Mm -hmm. And we've grown now to about 37% to, mm -hmm. to business. Um, and so and we're kind of consistently seeing an increase in that. And now we just offer, we're now offering sunless tanning. So another service piece that's just gonna to continue to grow to that 50-50 mark. Like I said, I'll never want to, never say never, but I my goal is to never have that retail piece drop. Yeah. Um, because that's really a huge point, like right. a difference for us. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as where we are now to where we were last year, numbers wise, I mean, we're kicking last year's ass, obviously. <laughs> I mean, April and May, it was really my goal to implement really big events April and May of this year so we could really just soar because we were closed April and May. Because again, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall and the winter of this year. Right. Um, so I really wanted to take the opportunity of the months that we kind of took a little bit of a hit last year to really maximize. And we're even, so 2019, we had a great year of business. We were 120% up from the year before. Granted, it was like our first year. We had a huge store in our second year. We're up this year, even over 2019 numbers, which is what I'm trying to compare myself with. Because honestly, in a healthy business, 
any healthy business right now that has survived COVID should really be soaring over last year's numbers. Mm. And in my, at least in my experience, in my you know opinion, in that sense. Mm. Um, but I'm comparing my business today to 2019, and we're 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 still growing tremendously and, and over is, that. Is that online traffic? Is that kind of like plateaued now or is that continuing to grow? So that's a great down? question. So our goal is it's definitely has plateaued. Like we, mm-hmm. um, we still get our online orders, um, locally, but again, we haven't really focused on, um, trying to compete in that category. It's really hard for the beauty space. There's just so much competition online. Right. We are in the process right now of merging all of our POS systems together because we are opening another store. And right currently we have a different uh, platform for online than what we use in store. And with inventory and the growth that we have, it's really been, I mean, you have the time to keep up, but at some point it's gonna be really hard to keep up with you. So we're trying to merge our online with our in-store POS, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so do you have a location picked up the next door? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we've already made the announcement. It's in RTP, it's the box yard. It's a new development that's happening um, out in RTP on the Durham side. Um, it's oh, all nice. sustainable containers, like shipping containers cool. that have been turned into like restaurants and retail. It's very micro. Mm-hmm. Our space is 300 square feet. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine, so what we're sitting in now, this side is 825. Yeah. Next door combines all 1700. So we're taking all of this, except for some of our services, but majority of our services and retail, and we're putting it into 300 square feet. Wow. Our projection is to do the same amount of volume that we do here in that space. That's what? that, yeah. And with it, cause we have such a high demand in that area. Yeah. So, so this is my thought process and this is why we chose the box yard and such a small square footage is um, we have, like I said, a high demand in that area. We've already made a name for ourselves in in North Carolina in general. We have people that drive from Fayetteville. I mean, we have wow. people that drive hours to come and visit Greensboro and have parties and you know spend a day here and do things. Right. So we have that demand. We already have that demand there. And overhead wise, what I've decided is last year we did have to spend some money with advertising, with social media and um, that money that we were spending on social media that we may or may not have seen come back. Cause honestly, were we tracking that? Like mm-hmm. yes and no, but not maybe 100%. Um, but what I've decided is to take that that money that we were spending and have now a smaller physical location because yeah. we're all about experience. Yeah. So I'm not really, I'm just moving money around, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, obviously build out costs. There's some cost up front to open a new store, but it's such a small space that we're able to, you know, be able to do that at a, yeah. at a healthy rate. So we don't have a lot of debt into this new store. And then we could just soar um, as soon as we open. Oh, cool. If that all makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of what entrepreneurship is. It's like somewhat informed, intelligent guesswork. Um, yeah. Just kind of like, Shooting from the hip a lot of the time, yeah. and seeing and, and seeing kind of like how how good your aim is. Um, yeah. yeah, no, but that's exciting yeah. that uh, that you found that, and um, yeah, definitely gonna have to check that out. What part of Durham is that in? It's right by it's right, right by the um, airport. Research Triangle Park, where Frontier offices are, like right off of Davis Drive. 
Okay. So it's okay. tons of wow. offices, <clears throat> mecca of you know IT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's an exit down from where Apple is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. So is it like a business park, mm-hmm. I guess? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's it's a business park. It's it, all sounds like a really smart move. It's for them, <laughs> absolutely, and it's it's also just step one or phase one of another big project that they've mm. already broken ground on on the, awesome. the opposite corner mm. of Davis Drive. They're building up, so more high rise, so maybe, you know, more like in North Hills, but in RTP, which mm. is what has been missing altogether, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, mm. it's coming together though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we just had a little bit of a soft opening this past week oh, and really? we were able to kind of pop up with some of the other businesses. And it was such a huge turnout. I mean, we had, it, what I'm most excited about is to really expand our Trellis community and, you know, be in a different demographic as well too. And like learning and navigating that and um, so many great people, just like new faces yeah, that knew it's us, exciting. but then also like had no idea about us. So mm. it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great location. That's really exciting. And I have a great, I have a strong team for that location too. So I'm excited. Cool. Um, so I think we can wrap up on just one weird question that I'm curious about. So um, just, so I've had a, a couple of Chinese girlfriends and they told me that growing up that they actually like it was really common to take cosmetics classes like in high school and college yeah. like much more prevalent there than it is here um did that ever like come into your uh work in corporate or in school or anything have you kind of bumped into that yeah. do you know like kind of what nations or cultures do you really look at for kind of the trends i guess oh that's always the asian culture for sure i feel like north america is always like 20 years behind of like <laughs> beauty trends i always say i will i would probably you know i say that you know asian babies start skincare in the womb you know, they really understand skin health like no other honestly but we're we're really getting there we're really trying but but there's vice versa too you know the we everybody will look at american culture too as you know uh um reference or you know as trend setting too you know but when working corporate i did you know, work with a lot of schools that, you know, offer aesthetics, which is, you know, skincare, you know, education. And what I would love to see more of, honestly, are these more like um, high school trade schools. I, if, I won't have kids, but if I ever to have kids, like I would absolutely for high school, send them to a slash trade school to learn a mm-hmm. trade. Right. So when they graduate, like, you know, wow, these schools exist, but I think it should be more, more of an option um, or more popular, you know, or just, you know, for someone to think, oh, I can go to hair school while I'm in high school so that when, if I decide to go to university, I can say, hey, I can go do hair at the local salon and make a a living while, you know, going to school, you know, same thing with skincare, you know, becoming an esthetician or a chef. You go to culinary school while right. you're in high school and become the chef. And again, you have these job opportunities to then pay, continue to pay, you know, for your income while you're going to school. I, I truly believe in that. I think that that is definitely a missing piece overall. It's yeah. kind of like, because you really, you really don't 
sometimes know what you want to do. Right, yeah. School. I think trade school is a great option. My dad always says, you know, if you have a trade, it's never going to be obsolete. You're always going to have mm-hmm. demand for that. And plus, you know, if, if people are being educated that early, they're able to make more informed decisions, educated decisions on what's healthy for them. And I really see that you, you have a great vibe going on here, and you can really see the attention to detail as well as just knowing what's in your products and, and providing that clean, you know, natural skin care. Yeah. Um, it, it shows. It shows for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I would recommend that anyone who's listening, if you're looking for something for your wife or your daughter or your girlfriend, come into Lafayette Village and check out Trellis Beauty. Uh, it's definitely an experience and not just, you know, a service. But they have lots of products and services, and we'll be sharing their events and stuff going on, promotionals in the North Raleigh shopping community and events page on Facebook. So go check that out. And thanks for coming in today and sharing your story. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me.